T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Can you feel the heat down in your soul? Kevin Rogers with you here on 560 WQAM. All-star game coming up in a bit, and no one really cares about it here because the NBA is has steamrolled the headlines. I'm not even talking to NFL either. That just shows you the power of the NBA. Raptors win the championship. Free agency starts. The whole league goes up in flames with all the movement. But is the next move going to be Russell Westbrook going to the Heat? That's the question. And to answer that potentially, or potentially, did I make up a word there, Danny? Potentially? I did. I did. Sorry. Ira Winterman of the South Florida Sun Sentinel, live from Las Vegas, joining us here on 560 WQAM. Ira, how are you? I am doing good, and I might have the answer to your question of the day. Oh, you're talking about Arnett Moultrie? No, I'm. <laughs> oh, that was my question whether, of the day. Whether Russell Westbrook will show up? Although that sounds fascinating too. I I, I said that I needed Ira's view on Arnett Moultrie. So I was looking back at first round picks, and I said I don't remember this guy, and I said Ira will. So I thought you would give us a brief synopsis on his career. Yeah, Moultrie was actually part of a trade with the 76ers to acquire a future second round pick. So when you go through the Heat media guide, there's a bunch of guys they drafted who never stepped foot in the Heat, and Arnett Moultrie uh, would fill that categorization. Okay, good. At least we got that out of the way. Now to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> All right, so what's the latest you've heard with him? I, I think he's coming. I, I, I spoke to someone who's involved in the situation or close to the situation. Might be a better way of saying that. And I was told, yeah. I, I basically had asked someone, am I wasting my time tracking this story? And I was told, no, you are not wasting your, st- your time. And k think about it. It seems like every time there's been a heat rumor of, of any subsequence or, or consequence that's lingered this long, the Heat have wound up getting the player. It's not a matter of free agency where they're one of six people in the room with Kevin Durant, one of three people in the room with Gordon Hayward. But it seems like, oh, the Heat's going to get Jimmy Butler. The Heat got Jimmy Butler. The Heat's going to make a trade or get this player. The Heat gets that player. Yeah, I, I think we're very much trending in that direction. You know, it's so interesting that the Heat get Jimmy Butler. Okay, that's it. The Heat are done with their big moves. And then when Kawhi Leonard decides to go to the Clippers and out of nowhere snatches Paul George away from Oklahoma City, I mean, I'm stating the obvious, but if Kawhi doesn't do all of this, then Russell Westbrook's not on the block, right? I mean, this feels like the Thunder now are totally breaking it down. Well, I mean, think about how long this has been going on. Think about that. At one point, the Thunder at Harden and Durant and Westbrook at Ibaka, and it literally is where the last superstar, you know, closed the door on the way out. It's just been trending this way, and we could say all we want about how small markets can still thrive and look at places like San Antonio and teams can keep people together. 
but they can't. And it's sort of showing again in this case. I mean, think about what the Oklahoma City Thunder had in Harden and Durant and Westbrook and Ibaka over the years and some other players who subbed out for them like Victor Oladipo. It just shows it's hard to keep it together. It's hard to sustain. And I think us in South Florida who got spoiled by the four years of the big three might start to realize that there's an expiration date on all of this and enjoy it while you can. What I also find interesting, too, I thought about this, Iron, correct me if I'm wrong, that Durant drafted by the Sonics, then moved to Oklahoma City. Westbrook drafted by the Thunder. Harden drafted by the Thunder. Paul George traded to the Thunder. No one's signing with the Thunder willingly as a free agent. Everyone just gets there because of either a trade or draft. Yeah, but then, K-Rush, think about this. Russell Westbrook did re-sign. Paul George did re-sign, so they've done a good job in those moments, and then it sort of gets stale for players, and I think what this all has shown, that Paul George can re-sign and one year later be gone, and Russell Westbrook can add this massive extension that has four years to go and force a trade. I don't want to say the contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on, but if you get a little bit snitty... It seems like you can get out of any situation these days in a league where the players completely are in control. Ira Winterman of the South Florida Sun Sentinel joining us live from Las Vegas. We'll get to some summer league stuff with him in just a moment. Do you think this can work if they may? Um, okay, if they could make all of the money work, Andy Ellisberg works his magic. I'm saying, do you think this could work with Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler? Well, let's see. I could be the negative Nancy and say no. I could go with the party line that Pat Riley knows more basketball than I could offer if I did the whole show with you tonight. But all of that said, K. Raj, I have real doubts. Um, you, can, you can load up with all the stars you want. You remember when the Lakers tried to do that with Gary Payton and Carl Malone, and it was just an abject disaster. I do not understand this, and I spoke to NBA executives today at Summer League. When you have two players who are really bad three-point shooters to a degree in Jimmy Butler and Russell Westbrook, and if you're going to put someone, if he stays like a Bam Adebayo on the floor, I don't see how you space the floor. I don't see how a guy like Justice Winslow, who also likes the ball in his hands, can stay on this roster. So I have questions, unless you want to come to me from the other angle and say, but yeah, this is a league of stars. Just get the stars and figure it out, because look what happened to year two of the big three. When Dwayne Wade got off the ball, became a cutter, gave the ball to LeBron, when Chris Bosh agreed to be a center. So I guess there's always a workaround as well. Because that yes, exactly. That you know, the superstars that that attracts the fans, that Jimmy Butler and a bunch of other guys isn't getting people excited. Russell Westbrook maybe gets people excited. I know he's inefficient shooting the ball and, and people say his stats are bloated. But at the same time, what is this team with Jimmy Butler and a bunch of other guys, Ira? I feel like they're a thirty eight win team. Well, I'm going to go a little higher than that, K-Rise, just because, again, the East has stepped back a little with Kawhi leaving, with Boston losing Harford and Kyrie to different teams. So I, I might step up that win total to closer to 500 or a little over. But what I'm really curious about, and again, I asked the same NBA people this today, I said, assuming the Heat trade out the contracts of Drogic and, let's say, Myers-Leonard to meet the money and give up a young prospect, let's for argument say Justice Winslow, what does a lineup of Bam Adebayo, Kelly Olynyk, um, Jimmy Butler, Russell Westbrook, eh, Tyler Hero get you? And I'm not so sure it gets you above six in the East either, even with both of those guys there. Milwaukee has a far more complete team, even after losing Malcolm Brogdon. Philadelphia has a lot of pieces, but you know what? The Embiid and Simmons thing works well enough 
that even when you lose a J.J. Redick, if you're going to keep Tobias Harris and add an Al Horford, you're still going to be pretty good. Brooklyn has some good young players, even without Durant and Kyrie Irving going in there. Indiana is getting Victor Oladipo back by midseason. I don't know if Toronto capitulates or not. I'm curious about that also. So I think you're honestly probably playing for sixth place, even if you get both of those players, sort of like Westbrook was in the Western Conference. Are the Heat the best team in the Southeast if they get Russell Westbrook? <laughs> yes, and you know what? You can win the Southeast Division and I'll make the playoffs. So what does that mean, K-Raj? Really? Yeah, you can win your division and not make the playoffs. The team with the eight best records in the conference make the playoffs. And if a team at the top of the Southeast is 500 and there's eight teams better, you get a lovely banner, you know, with very fancy embroidery. But that's all. You don't get a playoff berth. When did that change? Uh, A few years back when they just went to top eight records, when there wasn't a special seating for conference champions, for division champions. The only reason division championships matter is in a tiebreaker. It supersedes the other tiebreakers beyond head-to-head. So if teams are tied and they finish with the same record, if one is a division champion, it's basically you're playing for tiebreaker number three. Well, I do agree that if you finish at, let's just say, 39 and 43 and you win your division you should not get in if there are eight teams better than you and i gotta tell you k raj also i agree charlotte completely starting over losing kemba getting rosier i agree with you that orlando is very meh i know they brought back vucevic and terrence ross but what are they really washington basically john wall may be out for the season or half the season they might blow that up also you know what the atlanta hawks If the kids grow up on any level between the last two drafts they had, I think they're a team that can contend for a playoff spot and contend for 500, might even push the heat. My final thing on Russell Westbrook before I move on to other things, that I guess, A, do you think he gets traded, and B, what would be the best option for the Thunder to trade Russell Westbrook to get the most in return? Okay, do I think he gets traded? Yes, 100% Russell Westbrook is traded because I've seen an emotional Russell Westbrook with fans. I've seen an emotional Russell Westbrook with media. And I don't want an emotional Russell Westbrook showing up for the next 82 games in my locker room. So, yes, that gets done. Whether it's later or sooner, I can't tell you. Here's the rub. What do you do when a player says he wants to go to one place? but you have a fiduciary responsibility to your organization to maximize a trade. However, if you send him somewhere where he clearly says he doesn't want to go, how is your franchise looked at going forward, like you mentioned, when you try to get and keep free agents? So I think if they can get a package of draft picks from Detroit or maybe even Chicago or New York, I think they should strongly consider that. If they want to show that behind Sam Presti and the familial approach in Oklahoma City, they'll do right by their players, like you've seen when, when Kawhi leaves Toronto and the team and, the, and the, the prime minister, the premier in Canada, wishes them the best of luck, you try to do it that way. I think the Thunder might get painted into a corner where they might have to take the heat deal just to say, thank you, Russell Westbrook, for 11 years of loyalty. We wish you the best. Now, looking at the Summer League, and the Heat beat the Magic today, 96-92. You were there in Vegas. So what have been your impressions so far on Tyler Hero? He scored 25 and hit some key free throws late. The kid's terrific, and I think this will translate to the regular season because I think he just has an it factor. He, I know he has a different game, but it reminds me of Jason Williams, the way he dominates the ball, can play the ball, gets an exuberance of getting a rebound or a pass or making a play. 
He's just a guy who plays with basketball joy. And when you are skilled and have basketball joy, usually good things happen. Not as the number one guy. Jason Williams, White Chocolate, wasn't an alpha, but he'll help you. That's impression number one. Impression number two, and this is where I have to step back. Kendrick Nunn has been a thing in Summer League, the player that he signed on the final day of the season. He can get buckets. So if you're going to wind up losing a Deion Waiters eventually or making some moves, I like him also, and I like what Duncan Robinson can do from the three. So you know what? If you can cultivate a couple of players beyond your draft choice, you've had a great Summer League, far more important than the Heat's 6-0 record in Summer League. Have you seen this guy, uh, Taco Fall, from UCF, who's with the Celtics? Have you seen him play at all? I have, and I just don't know if that translates for any appreciable time. And for as fun as he's been out here, I think he takes you completely out of your game when you run your offense, because why try to do anything except throw a lob to the seven foot nine guy and have him just reach up in his tippy toes and put it in the basket? But I just don't think he has the lateral movement. I don't think he can stay out of foul trouble. And because he's such an awful free throw shooter, I don't think he could do much for you. You know who reminds me of K-Raj? I think he could be a Boban-like guy. I mean, you followed Boban in his various stops, including Detroit and Philly with the Clippers. I think he's the kind of occasional change of pace you throw in there, and for five or ten minutes a night, it throws the other team out of sync, sort of like when you go to his own defense. So I think he's a useful 14th man. Who is the best player you've seen so far in the summer league? Oh, I think Lonnie Walker from uh, the University of Miami, uh, drafted last year by the Spurs in the first round, was injured, spent most of the time with their G League affiliate. I think his time is coming. I think between DeJounte Murray and himself and San Antonio realizing they could lose DeMar DeRozan in a year, I think this could be his breakout year. He has looked very good. Ira Winterman, South Florida Sun Sentinel, always great information. He's out in Las Vegas for the Summer League. The Heat win today against the Magic. We'll see if that translates into a championship. Probably not. But uh, we'll also keep an eye on Russell Westbrook. Thank you so much, Ira. I'll be on next week with you with Russell Westbrook. Thanks, K-Rod. Thank you so much. Hopefully Russell Westbrook will be here. We'll see. I get everything. Look, I get what he's saying. And, and Ira's the one guy that obviously has the most insight into this. He talks to the people we don't talk to. So I understand a lot of it. And and look, I get it, Danny. I, I understand that how was the lineup going to work, all this other stuff. My counterpoint is just, yeah, your lineup can work better with Jimmy Butler and all these other guys, but what's that getting you? You know, it's getting you towards 500. That's fine. You were 500 last year. So what, or below 500 last year, you, you don't win the division. Orlando won the division, and the Heat were on the outside looking in for the playoffs. So what? So what has changed? So we'll talk more about that coming up. We got plenty more to get to. We're with you till 10 o'clock right here on 560 WQAM. Radio.com. Thanks, Ira Winterman, for joining us out in Vegas. 
Tyler Hero could be the real thing, the real deal. But, be a good player. Yeah, look, they did well with that. I know it's early, but... You know what? I don't know if you read this or not. I'm not trying to start a war, but whatever. Who cares? Have you seen, like, 76er fan? Have you seen some of this? They're getting a little upset on Twitter. Like, you have Jimmy Butler. Have fun with him. You'll be an eight seed with Jimmy Butler. And I look at Philadelphia, and I say... Okay, the process, trust the process. We have a process in Philadelphia that's gotten you to the second round, and that's it. Been knocked out the last two years, and you drafted Markel Fultz, who can't shoot the ball. Number one overall. It's one thing to say, oh, well, we drafted a guy at 13 and it worked out. You drafted the number one guy you had everyone to choose from, and the guy you selected cannot shoot the ball. They also pick Ben Simmons, who is a fantastic basketball player, not a good basketball shooter. That he, I don't think, has ever attempted a three. No. Or is, is that right? He has zero attempts from three point range ever. I don't know about zero, but he, but he has a very low number. Like it's ridiculous. He, he, he can't shoot the ball at all. So he's another guy that a great distributor. Can cut to the hole real well. Yeah, he he could do a lot of really good things. And he averaged 17 points a game last year, averaged nearly eight rebounds, eight assists. But this is a guy, which, I mean, this is, I want to make sure I get my facts straight because I don't want to say anything that's wrong. Okay. What's even worse, Danny, control yourself for a second when I say this, please. All right, all right. So Ben Simmons played two years in, in the NBA. Yes, he has. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna play. We're gonna play a two part question here. Actually, it's really one part. How many three pointers has Ben Simmons hit in his career? Zero. Okay, you are correct. You know how many he's taken? How many he's attempted? Because he has attempted three pointers. I'm gonna say like ten. He's 0 for 17 from three-point range in his career. Okay, so I was in the ballpark. Danny, the guy's taken 17 three-pointers in his career. He hasn't made one. Made one. I mean, Mark Gasol hits threes in the finals. I mean, like, seriously. I, I, I think the 76ers are really trusting that process. You know, I think and it's getting them somewhere. I didn't even like. I didn't even realize that until I, I looked that one up. Holy God! O of seventeen is like career. everybody's talking about the Sixers as they're like this incumbent team in the East now that Kawhi's out of Toronto and it's their time in the East and all this wonderful jazz. And I'm saying to myself, if the Heat get Russell Westbrook and pair him with Jimmy Butler, and Pat Riley pulls his usual, you know, roster magic of digging up dinosaurs and D League guys and getting them to play real well. I, we can beat the Sixers. They have no playoff pedigree at all. All right, let me see if I could. I want to pull up the this. Uh, I got to see if I could find it. Uh, but this was a. It, it was just kind of like a little bit too much of. What? Where the Seventy Sixers. I don't know, for whatever reason, there's something that they were not happy that Jimmy Butler left them to go to the Heat. When Jimmy Butler could have made more money in Philadelphia, think about that. He could have made more money with the 
76ers, and he ends up ditching them to come to the Miami Heat. Hey, by the way, K-Rods, quick question. Do you remember who was the most productive player for the Philadelphia 76ers in last year's playoff run? I mean, what are you going to go with, J.J. Redick? I'm, I'm going to tell you, it, it wasn't Joel Embiid, I'll tell you that. You're going to say uh, either Joel or uh, either J.J. Redick or Tobias Harris? No, that would be Jimmy Butler. Exactly. I was just naming other guys. Okay, I can't find what I was looking for, but which is really no big deal. Anyway, but I was just reading some things out there saying, well, Jimmy Butler, he's not at the Sixers anymore. Have fun with him with the Heat. But also at the same time, the expectations for the Heat aren't very high. I think we all know that. The expectations for the Philadelphia 76ers are extremely high. Now that Kawhi is out of Toronto, okay, and I know they they took the Raptors to seven games and Kawhi hit a shot that's still banging around the rim that dropped through, was a miracle shot. But fact of the matter is, Philadelphia would still have to leap Milwaukee in the East. Philadelphia's second. We're like I'm not taking oh they're not a playoff team. They're they're number two in the East right now. I think fair to say because. Brooklyn without Kevin Durant, that one is, you know, it's tough to to really grade the Nets right now. Toronto's taking a step back, obviously. Boston should still be good. Indiana should still be good. But Philadelphia's ahead of both those teams. They're just behind Milwaukee. Milwaukee won 60 games last year. I'm not putting the Sixers ahead of them. But the point is, is that The Sixers, I think, are upset that Jimmy Butler left them because they knew that he's a key piece. You you notice that, Danny, whenever you say, have fun with this guy, is basically saying we miss him? Yeah. But at the same time, just on a side note, the Blazers, have fun with the side white side. We're not going to miss you. Yeah, no, that's the difference. We're kind of like, well, if you if you followed the heat, you know, "Ah, we didn't want him in the first place. You got to listen to the tone of voice in which it's said. Okay, let me rephrase that. We didn't want him at $27 million a year. Absolutely. I think we wanted Hassan Whiteside just a little cheaper. So you could have kept Whiteside and Wade, and then Wade wouldn't have to go to Chicago and Cleveland and come back to Miami. He could have just stayed the whole time. I mean, even with the money, I mean, he was still crying. He's still crying about minutes and game time. and his, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah, so, and again... He never proved anything really in the playoffs where he say, wow, we really need to keep this guy. But with Jimmy Butler, he played at 55 games for the 76ers last year, played well in the playoffs, and yet, no, you could have him. We don't want we never wanted him anyway. Really? If Kawhi Leonard misses that shot and the 76ers win that game in overtime and go to the Eastern Conference Finals to play Milwaukee, we don't know what could have happened. Because you saw how Milwaukee melted down after having a 2-0 lead over the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. So we can't exactly say that Milwaukee would have just steamrolled through Philadelphia, because that wasn't the case. But the point is, is that the 76ers have way more pressure on them right now to win even though they have a lot of young guys on their team and Bede is still young and Ben Simmons is still young, that 
they need to do this because they've talked about this process for so long where really the Heat are not in any shape to win a championship. Even if they get Russell Westbrook, they're not because the Heat have won three championships. They're fine. They're okay. The last time the 76ers won a championship, they played at the old Spectrum with Moses Malone and Dr. J and Maurice Cheeks and Mark Ivoroni and Earl Curitan. That was the team that swept the Lakers back in 1983. That was the last time they won a championship, so it's been a while for them. Yeah, you forgot to mention the great Doug Collins. Doug Collins was not on that team. He was not on that team. No, Doug Collins was more 70s. But Billy Cunningham, who was one of the first, I guess, co-owners or partners of the Heat, he was the head coach of that team. And the 76ers, they swept the Lakers. And who was the head coach of the Lakers then? You almost said it. The Godfather. Yeah, exactly. I don't like the beard on him. I don't like the beard on him. It ages him. He's still. A I don't fu- think Pat Riley was the, the coach of that team, was he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was Pat. It was Magic. It was Kareem. Yeah. So, the, so they had already had the, the okay. The, I'm gonna, the fall I'm gonna out t- with Westhead, then. Danny. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out on something, and I'm not really calling you out personally. I'm just well, gonna... it was 1980 was the with the one with Westhead. Correct. And then 81 was 81 was the was the Celtics year. Right. 82. Wiley well, won. You're right. You're right. Okay. Um, and here's why. Okay, because I'm gonna tell you why I'm right. Okay, and this isn't that often. All right, so let's go back in the time machine, okay? Remember we were talking last week about record stores? Yes. You see how this is how you tie everything in, okay? If you were listening last week, we are talking about old record stores, Peaches, and Sam Goody, and Specs, and stuff, Blockbuster Music. If you weren't listening, sorry, I'll just fill you in on what we were talking about. At Sawgrass Mills, I believe it was at Sawgrass Mills, I think. They had a Specs. I think it was a Specs. I don't have all the, the correct information of the story because this was about... It was about 25 years ago, so I apologize if I don't have everything right. But I think it was a Specs. Somewhere in South Florida. I want to say Sawgrass Mills, maybe. Anyway, let's get to the point. They had a... The, the big bin of on-sale VHS tapes. Pre-DVD, pre-Blu-ray. What I, like to, what, I, what I personally like to call the cheapy bin. Yeah. You've seen it at Walmart. You've seen it around. The $5 bin. And in that bin, they had a VHS tape called That Championship Feeling. It was titled That Championship Feeling. Oh, man, it, I remember that tape. It was the story of the 1982-83 Philadelphia 76ers that swept the Lakers in the finals. And I watched that over and over again. Dick Stockton, I want to tell you this, okay? So Dick Stockton did the voiceover on it, all right? Dick Stockton, of course, uh, legendary CBS sports broadcaster, also Miami Dolphins preseason voice on, on Channel 4. Still going strong. Still going strong. Still going. And he was the voice on there when he was like big with CBS in, in the 80s. He was the narrator and whatever. The 76ers destroyed everyone. And I watched that so many times. A few years ago, I was at Dolphins training camp early in the morning. All right. And I remember seeing Dick Stockton there. I'd never met him before. I still never met him. Spoiler alert to the, to the story. So I saw him there, and look, 
even though he's aged and maybe he's not as sharp as he used to be, you know, he's still a legendary sportscaster. I really wanted to walk up to him and just say, Dick, it's nice to meet you. You know, I've been a fan of yours. I loved you in that championship feeling. That was the one, like, that's it. I don't, there's nothing else I'm going to talk to you about. I'm not going to talk about this game you called with the Celtics and the Bulls in the 80s or whatever, what you did on Fox. I just wanted to compliment you, you voicing that championship feeling. That one obscure thing that I remember. Yeah. That's the one that, uh, that's it. That, to me, is your claim to fame with me. And that's all that matters. You remember you did that, right? It was like 35 years ago. But that, I just wanted to point out to you. So that's where I tie this all back to the 76ers. And that's the last, this is how long ago they won the title. When Dick Stockton was voicing their championship run, that's how long ago the Philadelphia 76ers won their title. Before Moses Malone wore goggles. Fo fo fo, Moses Malone. That time. God, that was a long time ago. I loved it. Diane Cannon was at the Laker games at the forum with Jack Nicholson. NBA action. It's fantastic. I'm telling you, those were the good old days. Not like today where everyone's just getting up and going wherever they want to go. I miss those days. I really do. Coming up, we have the MLB All-Star Game. Well, we don't have it here. It's just happening in general in Cleveland. We'll get to the Home Run Derby. I want to talk about the Home Run Derby when we come back. Who do you got tonight in the All-Star Game? Who do I got? I think the National League ends the uh, ends the hex because they've lost, I think, the last six to the, to the American League. What's the line looking like on that one? The American League is favored. I think they're laying 120 or so, I believe. I don't know if it's – let me see if it's changed or not. I they're laying like 115, 120. Is there anything more degenerate to bet on than the All-Star game? I want to just tell you one thing, my friend. Yes and no. People like to throw this out. I read this somewhere on Twitter, and this is one of the best points I've ever seen. Oh, well, you know, are you a degenerate if you bet on the hot dog eating contest or if you bet on NFL preseason or the WNBA? The answer is no. I'll tell you why. Because if you, in all seriousness, if you handicap it right, if you if your specialty is NFL preseason or your specialty is the hot dog eating contest, you know you you handicap chestnut. Is Kobayashi still doing it? Was he doing it? I have no clue. Okay, whatever. That shows you how on top of I am with that. If you handicap it right and you can win, you find an edge. You're not a degenerate. I feel like you're only a degenerate if you just keep going and and, and just placing bets. But if you have an edge and you handicap it right. I don't see that. But to answer your question, Danny, yes, I think so. Tonight is. You have too many different pitchers. You have too many different. This is. You have too many different well, that's things what, going on. That's what I mean when, it's, when you talk about like NFL preseason or, or, or an all star game. There's so many variables here that it's like you have no idea how this team's going to play, who's going to do what. You know, it's it's, it's 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 too unpredictable. It's basically like rolling. You might as well just go play. You might as well just go shoot craps. I. Yes, I agree. But at the same time, there are people that handicap it, but you don't know when the pitchers are coming in. You don't know any of that stuff, and it's still an exhibition. How many at-bats a guy's going to get? And again, here's the difference with the Major League Baseball All-Star game as opposed to the other sports. I get the Pro Bowl, you put an asterisk next to because like no one's playing in it. 
But even in the NBA, you can still have LeBron and Steph Curry and those guys playing at the end. In baseball, all the stars are getting pulled. So you're down to Whit Merrifield batting in the eighth inning for the American League. You know, I mean, you're down to, you can get down to guys from, I said this every year, you get down to guys from the Royals and the Orioles and the Reds and teams like that that are deciding the All-Star game. They don't have any of the stars in there anymore. AK Rods, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to play a little point here for you. We're going to talk great moments in All-Star history. I'm going to name one, you're going to name another, and then I'm going to close it, okay? My favorite moment in All-Star history, Bo Jackson's leadoff home run in 1986. Great moment, right? 89. 89, sorry. But I will say, okay, but, but before I get to mine, so I saw the highlight of that today. Okay, do you know who he hit it off of? Do you remember? I, oh, God. It's right there at the tip of my tongue. Okay, well, I'll tell you. It was Rick Russell. <laughs> That's right. Okay, watch that. Watch the uh, the highlight of that again. Rick Russell looked like Ed Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No way. Look at Look at the highlight again. <laughs> Bueller, look at that highlight again, and you'll see Rick Russell's got that mustache going. Uh, it is, I mean, he, he looks like Rooney. Your ass is mine. Like, you got to check this one out. I'm going to go with also another San Francisco giant allowing a big home run, Atlee Hamaker, because uh, he allowed the only grand slam, I believe, in Major League history to Fred Lynn in 1983. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. But I think the greatest moment in all of All-Star history was when both teams ran out of players in extra innings and they had to call the game a tie. Yeah, and Bud Selig said, you know what? We need to make this thing matter. What a dope. I mean, seriously, what a moron that guy was. At least now it's just an exhibition. We don't have to worry about anybody winning. But we got plenty to get to. We'll talk more about Russell Westbrook, and we'll get some baseball as well with the Midsummer Classic coming up tonight in Cleveland, right here on 560 WQAM. Welcome back. Kevin Rogers with you here at 560 WQAM. We're waiting on Russell Westbrook. Let's make this decision already, uh, Oklahoma City. Is that asking too much? Well, probably. Yeah, the difference with this as opposed to... as opposed to these guys signing, they could sign any minute. But here, the... God. Can I, can I just... I'm sorry. I got I to gotta get off the, the Russell Westbrook thing for a second. And, and, I'll, and I'll get back to it in a minute. Let me just finish my point. And I'll get to something else, all right? About uh, Russell Westbrook that... As opposed to a free agent and what... You know, he could sign at any time or make a decision at any time like uh, Kawhi Leonard. The trades are a little more difficult. Danny, can I just bring this up? Because I got interrupted. 
simply by something I saw on Twitter. And this is why I had to just stop myself for a second. Have you seen this thing going on, why our society is rotting at the core? I mean, that's a very general statement. Can I just stop there? Is that okay? Can I just stop with that comment and say society is rotting at the core and that's the end of it? I mean, there's many reasons. Yeah, that, okay. that, that's it. Just in general, it's rotting and that's the end of it. Let's move on to Home Run Derby. No, that... So you saw the girl, excuse me, young woman who opened up the Bluebell ice cream and licked it. Did you see the story? Of course. Okay. And she got in trouble. She may go to jail for it. And, and okay, she videotaped it. And my only, uh, the only thing I'll say about that is you would hope that Bluebell, after all that, would put the, 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 plastic the seal, seal yeah. on it or whatever, because there's no seal on it. She didn't break the seal and then do it. It's just open. You can open it up out of the freezer and do that. It's gross. There are people out there, and this is just so vile. Disgusting is a, is not even the right word. Vile. That have opened up bottles of soda at a refrigerators in, in a supermarket and drink out of them and then put them back. I saw I just saw a guy. This is why I stopped while I was saying about Russell Westbrook. That opened up. I think uh, I didn't even want to look at it again. The mouthwash. So yeah. Well, you saw that too. Yeah. Okay. Guy opens up a bottle of mouthwash and spits in it and then puts it back. Like, why are people so disgusted? Like, and you tape it, which makes it even worse. So now someone is going to report you, and then someone at the store is going to look at the tape and find you, and then someone else is going to say, hey, I know that person, his name is so-and-so, so-and-so, and then you're just in trouble. So why do you even tape that? It's like, that's the point I don't get. But K-Watch, that way they don't get to be viral celebrities for five seconds. No, it's vile celebrities. See what I did there? It was a good alliteration. Like Big props to you. I'm sorry. One. Excuse me. It wasn't mouthwash. It was iced tea. Sorry. I thought, okay, I saw mouthwash. Okay, excuse me. I, I want to get my facts straight. Iced tea. Yeah, no, I've I, I've been actually so, this is actually a true story. My aunt and me were talking about how disgusted we are with it. And I'm kind of at a point because I work at CBS News when I'm out here. So I see like these kinds of things like day in and day out. Like anything viral that goes out like that, I'm going to see it. So it's made me kind of extremely paranoid. So from now on, I'm literally doing all my shopping like on Amazon. Things are getting delivered to my house. I'm not going to a store where other people walk into the store because I cannot trust them not to be morons. Well, the other thing, too, is, you you know, <laughs> I have the Phil Steele magazine, and, and we had him on earlier in the show. I don't get the magazine that's in front. I always go a couple back. I want to get the fresh one that no one's touched. It's very but, Rain Man of you. And you know what, too? I don't like it being... I could look through this all... I do not want to get it bent. I don't want any... I want it to be in perfect condition. Even if I read all the time, I want it in perfect condition. I don't want any bends or nothing. I get upset if, like, you put, like, a book on it and, like, a folder or, or, or a corner gets folded. I get upset about that. Anyway. So the same thing's got to apply, right? If you're going to the store, that you don't just get the first soda out of there, that you go a few back because the first one could have been tainted. Yeah, no. you want to go to you want to grab the like when I get a candy bar at like or something at like at, at a gas station, I never grab the first one. I kind of go to the way to the way back of the box. Yeah, you have to do that to make sure because no one's really 
tainting the one and throwing it in the back there because you want to see the next person take it. That's kind of the point yeah, of exactly. it. Just terrible. It like it also it's so terrible that this is what it's become. It was a lot better when kids were eating the Tide Pods. I mean, probably more dangerous, but you're just endangering yourself. This you're endangering other people. Okay. To quote, to quote the great George Carlin, the kids who eat too many marbles don't get to grow up to have kids of their own. So disgust. It's just disgusting. It like, <sighs> okay, I had to talk about that because I know there are people out there that have seen that on social media, and I like social media from the standpoint of news breaking because it breaks there faster than it does on television obviously forget about the newspaper so that's what i like all the other stuff i want to be a social media whatever get out of here with that like you don't no that's something i'm not a fan of that is not why i'm on there but unfortunately people retweet and retweet and it's stuff that you don't even want to follow that ends up going in your feed so anyway with that being said all right, since I mentioned it, I have to like get to it, right? Isn't that the rule of radio? Because you mentioned it, you teased it, you have to talk about it. It's, an, it's, it's a courtesy, if and yeah. nothing else. So, truthfully, I didn't watch all of Home Run Derby last night. Because I watched the second episode of The Loudest Voice with Russell Crowe. I talked about that with you last week when he was Roger Ailes. And Russell Crowe is freaking fantastic in it. He is, like, it's not even him. Like, you don't even think it's him. He's fantastic in it. So I watched the episode last night. It was the second episode. It was about, it was about 9-11 and, and all that other stuff and how Fox News handled it. But anyway, so I missed Home Run Derby. And then I see later on that Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit 91 home runs. The guy hit 91 homers. How tired are you today? And that's not even 91 swings. That's just 91 that you hit out. And then you have all the other swings that didn't become home runs. This guy probably took 200 swings last night. Oh, didn't even win the thing. Pete Alonso of the Mets won it. So you set the record for most home runs. You didn't even win the contest. It's terrible. Vlad Guerrero Jr., meanwhile, looks nothing like his father, right? Do you see him? He looks nothing like Vlad Guerrero well, Sr. he's a lot fatter. Vlad Guerrero Sr. probably could have hit home runs with a broomstick. He was that good. He was really good. He did he get in the Hall of Fame yet, or, or is it, he, he, if he's not in the Hall, it's of because Fame of yet, the waiting. It's, it's because of the waiting. But he, if he's not, if he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know what a first ballot Hall of Famer. I is. think Vlad Guerrero, if it's fair to say, besides him being a spectacular hitter, is he probably got the best arm of anyone we've seen in the modern day. When I say modern, I mean, not like, I mean, I say modern day. I'm not talking about like the, you know, the 1900s. That he's a guy that's like, that's thrown out guys from way deep in the outfield. He was a complete, he was a complete ball player. And remember, and remember when he first came up with the Expos. I mean, he was lean. I mean, he got, he got a little bigger there when he got with the Angels. But when he first came up with the Expos, man, like he, he had a gun for an arm. He could hit. He could hit it all around the park. He was fast as all get out. Like he was just a complete baseball player, top to bottom. So his son hit ninety-one homers last year or last night in the home run derby, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, and he lost. And the guy ends up losing. So 
Anyway, so the All-Star Game is coming up, and they're introducing everyone now uh, in Cleveland, all the All-Stars. And there's uh, always that argument every year. I'm so torn on it, Danny. I feel like I've been torn on this argument for about 20 years already, and I'm still I still haven't made a decision on it. So that's not good for radio, but whatever. That I want the best players in the game, but I also like seeing every team represented. So we can't have it both ways. I like seeing a guy from the Orioles. And I like seeing a guy from the Pirates. I like seeing everybody with representation in the All-Star game. And I know that people will say, well, you got to have the best players out there. You can't just have everyone represented. It almost feels like the participation trophy. But I don't really care because I like seeing every team represented. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, how many Yankees do we need out there? No, I agree with you. How many Red Sox do we need out there? I don't have strong feelings either way, to be perfectly honest with you. But I can, I go, I can go either way with it. I, I feel like you are in the majority. And I'm in the minority on this one. Because there are people that are saying what the All-Star game is going on tonight. Really? This is a thing? You want to know what's worse? Remember a couple of years ago when the, when, the, when the Royals were playing the Mets in the World Series? Yeah. Okay, so me and my dad were driving around, and we decided to stop at a Tony Roma's in Doral, which is now closed, by the way. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> exactly. Is Tony Roma still open, by the way? There are still Tony Roma's somewhere in the nation. Because, but not, it, because by US-1, that one closed. That one's gone, yeah. And obviously the one in Kendall closed a million years ago. The one last the last of the Mohicans was the one in Doral where I could get my onion loaf. And I can't do that anymore. Okay. I just I needed a Tony Roma's update on as far as like if they're still open. But anyway, go ahead. Anyway, so I'm there. We were we're there. We we're there and we go sit by the bar and they got a bunch of TVs, like you know, every restaurant does. And I look around and I'm just like, it's the first game of the World Series and it's not on TV. So they don't have it on any of the TVs here. So I have to call the waiter over. I'm like, hey, you know, can you can you put the World Series? Can you put the World Series on? The waiter looks at me and he's like, "What is the World Series?" Like literally, he had no clue what the World Series was, and I had to explain to him, "Dude, it's the championships of baseball." And he's like, "They had like, and and, and they had like, uh, what was on TV? They had oh, LeBron had just come back to the Cavs, and they had a preseason Cavs game on all the TVs." <laughs> and I literally had to tell these people, "Can I please watch the first game of the World Series with my dad?" <laughs> okay, speaking of that, because we have a few minutes before we break. So, that is such a pet peeve of mine. And I know Tony Romas isn't a sports bar, but when you have... Okay, LeBron preseason game is still a, a sporting event, so I'll give him a break on that one. But when you see garbage on the TVs at any restaurant, at, at that I've seen it at Outback before or at Flanagan's or whatever, I, I'm like, come on, man. You got to be on top of this. You got to be on top. You can't have bowling on. You can't have the, I don't want to say the news because that's not fair, but when you have a paid program on, you got to take that off. Like you got to know it's on. Can I tell you the worst one? Can I, can I tell you the worst one I've ever seen? Years ago in Boca with my, with my ex-girlfriend, we went to a roadhouse grill, okay? It was on a Saturday afternoon. And I think on one of the TVs had on something that had a college football. It was either Fox or NBC. It was one of those that had a college football game on. It was 7 o'clock and the game was over with. Okay. The news wasn't on. You know, do you know what they had on? And and I know I'm being picky here because I'm saying that you have to pay attention exactly when the game is over and then change the channel. But 
Do you know it was on the TV for like 20 minutes? It was so uncomfortable. It was a paid program for the kids with the cleft palates. Oh my gosh. I swear to God. Oh, that's the worst. I swear to God. And I'm like, can we please just change it to any? Can you just turn the TV off? Just put anything else on. And I know no one noticed it, and people are working, and they're not really paying attention. But I saw that, because this is the way I, I like operate. Like I look at that, I'm like, oh, my God. It's like 15 minutes of the kids with the cleft palates. Of course, that's when you know their, their lip is messed up. They need surgery to fix yes. it. Well, I was telling the audience, not really you. But, uh, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so uncomfortable. Take this off the TV. So that goes back to... Can you guys just pay attention and and walk around and make sure the TVs are, you know, you don't have anything on there that shouldn't be on there? Is that asking too much? No, it's not asking too much. All right, we'll see if we track down Ben Davis coming up. Talk some baseball with him, the former catcher. He works with the uh, the Phillies uh, TV network, and we'll get his thoughts on everything with baseball. So we'll see if uh, we track him down coming up. We have plenty to get to right here on 560 WQAM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 